0: Jim Shoemaker, Michael Powell, Ted Miner, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor.
1: Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your
2: money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. Well, welcome to today's program. We've got a great program lined up for you today. Coming up, we've got uh, a three really, it's a roundtable discussion between Michael Powell, Scott Jordan, and Ted Minor. We're going to cover some significant things you need to know about when it comes to having confidence in retirement and what you need to know about Social Security. And it's kind of amazing that how we make mistakes with Social Security that are literally life-changing mistakes. We're going to talk about that. Of course, if you've got questions, you can send them to Jim, J-I-M, at 683-0989. Or you can send them to Talk Money at shoemakerfinancial.com, and we will definitely get those on the air. But first and foremost, I want to talk about this guy. He's uh, he is the pastor and local missions pastor here in Memphis, Tennessee in Shelby County. We're talking about a program that it comes around every year. It's been going on since two thousand sixteen. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. I'll let you tell it let him tell you what it is. But welcome to the program, Ross McGregor. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Jen. You know, Ross, I mean, I am talking about a program that birthed out of the need and we had some other things going on, but this is a two-day, what is the program?
3: Yeah, so Mission of Mercy is a one-time-a-year event where we offer free dental care and services to our community. This event is hosted by the Memphis Dental Society and people who need extractions, fillings, cleanings, uh, really all comprehensive dental care can come to this event and receive those services for free uh, next week. It's, it starts, uh, It starts. let's go back to the timing. It's the 20th and the 21st. Yes, sir. Now it is first come and first serve. So if you really need to get in line early that morning.
2: And early. Early is
3: uh, early. Don't wait till seven o'clock and that's too late. There is a cutoff line. Yes, you know, our, our services, we want to serve as many people as possible, but we are limited in what we can do. So typically we cut off the line about mid morning. So you want to get there early, get your place in line so that we can serve you and what you need.
2: We're talking with Ross McGregor. He is the local missions pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church. We're talking about Mission of Mercy. It's been going on since 2016. And since that, moment of time when it began how many people have we served and the dollar amount.
3: Yeah, so since 2016, we've served over 11,000 patients, which is just an incredible amount. And we've given away over $6 million worth of free dentistry to our community.
2: I understand it's almost $7 million. Yeah, we're we're, we're almost there. Po- we'll
3: definitely go over $7 million this year. For sure. After this year, we will we'll cross that $7 million line. But between all the dentists donating their time and their services, but also the supplies that we give to our community— it's just an incredible event that we do every year.
2: Volunteers. If somebody wants to volunteer for that, how do they do that? And I mean, it's you know, if they you know, they don't have to be a member. In fact, the, you know, a lot of the volunteers are not members of Bellevue Baptist Church. So the bottom line is. There's over. I know you told me that there was over ten thousand volunteers since 2016 that have actually been a part of Mission of Mercy.
3: Yes, so we uh, need about two thousand volunteers per year to make this event happen. And you don't have to have any dental experience. You can be whatever person and come in and serve with this event. So you can go to the website at midsouthmissionofmercy.org to register for this event to volunteer, and we'd love to have you.
2: All right, so when you talk about a a person coming, uh, uh, help me understand and help those listening. And if you know somebody, if you, you know, I mean, I was talking to someone the other day that was really telling me that his mom and dad literally were struggling with their, their dental care, and this was a life changer for them. So I guess, Ross, what I'm saying is, who needs to come? I mean, who should
3: be in line on Friday morning? Well, you know, we will see anyone who is in line and who's there at, uh, in time to receive the services. But Jim, you know, anyone with a toothache knows how horrible that is. That can is be terrible, absolutely. And for many that are within our community, they don't have dental insurance or they don't have the funds to be able to care for the that dental need. So if you have a dental need, if you haven't gotten a cleaning in many years, if you've got that pain in your mouth, come to Mission of Mercy. It is completely free. And we want to serve you and- and as many people as we can.
2: And it's in cooperation with the American or the I guess it's the American Dental Society for sure. Yes. But but definitely it's volunteers, they're dentists, they're mm-hmm. dental hygienists, they don't have to, you don't have to be a you know, a medical professional. You can be a person that's a greeter uh, helping helping People with water, being a person picking up the trash. It's it's just
3: volunteering. And, you know, we have to give thanks to the Memphis Dental Society because they are the main sponsors of this event. They help make sure that this happens and make sure that all the professionals are there. But you don't have to be a dentist. You can be walking one patient to the next area and, and really welcoming people as they come to receive that dental service. So anyone, truly anyone can serve.
2: You know, I've had the privilege of working since 2016 in this particular ministry. And this is a ministry where I've watched people literally weep because they are getting something taken care of. Now, what about a child? I mean, I know there's a pediatric section, a section, so if they've got a child that needs dental yes. care, mm-hmm. they can also be seen.
3: Yes, you can also be seen. We will see the family. Um, if you are going to bring a child or if a child is coming, we just have to have a guardian with them the entire time. So make sure that you bring at least two parents if if uh, parents need to be seen as well, but we will gladly see children. And this is
2: 100% free of charge, and it's done by the when you're seeing somebody, a professional, you're seeing a licensed dentist or dental hygienist from tennessee mississippi or arkansas you know this is a host of volunteers at one moment in time providing care that is desperately needed dental you know i can tell you from my perspective dental care is so critical from a health standpoint absolutely and it approves everybody's health so this is so important for our city ross i know you're i want to let you go in a minute but the key is There is also a particular program that has been a part of Memphis for a very long time, and that's the Mobile Dental Clinic. Now that's not what Mm -hmm. we're talking about here, but the Mobile Dental Clinic, explain to our listeners what that is.
3: Yes, so the Mobile Dental Clinic is a a mobile clinic that goes throughout our city and stations at different churches within our city that provides uh, extractions and fillings for those in need within our community. And so that is also a completely free service and it's, it travels from one zip code to the next. And so if uh, people are wanting to receive services, the dental clinic just needs to be in their zip code to receive those services. And you can go online to bellevue.org slash dental to see where that clinic will be. But again, all of that is appointment time slots and free to the community.
2: Such an important ministry for the church, such an important ministry for our hometown. And I guess when you, when you realize that you're connecting with patients, that there's such a need, but I guess everybody's thinking, all right, I get a tooth extracted, I get a filling, maybe done. I get maybe some cleaning done. But I have other things I need to do. I know you, I mean, is constantly and the dentists that are working, along with American you know the, the society, the dental society here, is helping get people connected to other needs, other places for care.
3: Yes, there are other places for for dental needs and then also medical needs. And so we will provide those resources at Mission of Mercy. And uh, our community is filled with resources, but many times those in need are unaware of them. And so um, please come out to Mission of Mercy. We'll let you know about those other resources that are available uh, to those who are in need and are constantly serving those within our our city.
2: And that is next weekend, the 20th. 20th and the 21st, that's a week from yesterday. And again, the 20th and 21st, volunteers will be there. But it is come is first come, first serve. So you'll have to get in line. And I've actually seen people get in line as early as midnight, you know, to, yes. to wait to make sure they're going to be seen. So be sure you're doing that. Telephone number is 901-347-5548. Or you can obviously go on Bellevue,
3: Bellevue Baptist Church or Bellevue.org or you can go to the Dental Society. Exactly what is that? Yes, yeah, so you go to midsouthmissionofmercy.org, and that's where you can get all your questions answered about Mission of Mercy next week. Even if you just search Mission of Mercy in the Mid-South, you'll be able to find it uh, pretty quickly.
2: That's super, Ross. Uh, local missions pastor, I guess, Ross, before I let you go, when I say local missions, what does that mean from your chair?
3: Um, it means anything in the Mid-South for my church. I try to get our our members out into the city and love on our community, helping meet the needs and, and seeing those hurts and trying to, to meet those needs.
2: And that's, uh, that's really what biblically we're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Meeting the needs of our community, loving on people. I know at church we talk about the kind of the mandate about the church loving people. You know, Love God, love people, share Jesus, and make disciples. That's all we do, and Absolutely. that's critical. This is such a part of that. Sir, thank you for being here with us this morning. We're going to have more information for you, but don't think. Remember, he said just go to missionofmercy.org. You can find it, and then, of course, if you're going to come, you got to be there early. It is first come, first serve. And uh, I tell you what, I've, uh, it is a pleasure to be a part of that ministry and to be just involved in what we do. Ross, you do a great job. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you being with us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me, Jim. All right, sir. Well, we're going to talk now a little bit more about uh, not a more important subject, because I think what we just talked about was extremely important. But when it comes to finances, I've got three heavyweights. I mean, wow. there's Scott, there's Ted, there's Michael, I'm Jim. You're going to get to listen to some guys that are very, very smart. We're going to talk about, it's kind of a roundtable discussion, how do you have confidence when it comes to retirement, and then, of course, what do you not know about Social Security? And Boy, that is a subject that everybody needs to be listening to. Now, let me, let me share with you some specifics here. I want you to understand that we're going to walk through this entire process of discussing and going through this. If you've got questions, all you've got to do is send them to Jim, J-I-M, just type in Jim. J-I-M, to the text line, 901-683-0989, and we'll get your questions on the air. And that's always a mandate that we want you to be able to do and give us an opportunity to, to answer your questions. But when I talk about five ways or six ways to be confident about retirement and also to have that understanding of what how effective you can be with Social Security or how ineffective you can be and how many times we don't really know What to do when it comes to Social Security. So I've invited these guys in to help us walk through that. So let me start with you. I I guess, Michael, you're going to be up first. When I talk about ways to be confident, I think about what people are looking at in the first week of January is their 401k balance for 2022. Yep. This morning, uh, just as we were getting ready to do the program... uh, guy walked up and said, hey, my 401k is up. And, of course, he was talking about from January to today. (laughs) And the reality is that was a big deal because he talked about 2022. It was never, it was somewhat, but he said it was just felt like I never could get ahead. So with that in mind, let's talk about some ways to be confident when it comes to retirement. Michael, what do you see as kind of that idea between retirees and what they're looking at and what they're wanting to do?
1: Well, first off, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Always good to be here. But um, yes, I mean, there is always, you got to have confidence in retirement. And if you don't, there's a lot of good steps you can take. But the first thing people think about when it, when they step into the retirement stages, what is their spending habits? And you got to actually know what you're spending in order to retire, because if you don't, you could end up getting in a really bad spot. So the first thing I would encourage people to do is just look at your budget and look at your necessary spending needs first.
2: Now, when you talk about spending needs, I'm assuming that's food, clothing, shelter. Yeah, food,
1: clothing, shelter, your normal routine type things. I wouldn't necessarily start with like your vacations, your Luxurious stuff that you plan on doing, but just the bare bones first to get things started. And healthcare—that, of course, that's probably one, one of the more important point, important points that people don't think about—is healthcare, Medicare. When am I? What are my supplemental plans? Am I? When am I signing up for Part A? What's my Plan D look like? Those different things are important
2: You know, it. we were talking the other day in the office to someone that had, you know, we were saying how much money is in your 401k and that's all qualified money. That means it's going to be taxed as you receive it. And Scott, we talked about this and how much money had they saved you know, is that supplemental part, that third part? There's three basic benches, or maybe maybe it's a maybe. Let's look at it this way. I've always talked about this: a three-legged stool, and the three legs are your 401k qualified money, your personal savings, and as Ted's going to talk about in a minute, Social Security. Those three legs need to be a part of everybody's retirement plan. But we were talking about from a standpoint of planning, and since Michael mentioned Medicare and the, the thoughts you've got to you know get into Medicare and what we talk about with Social Security. Balancing out those two legs is very important, and yet a lot of times people don't do that.
4: Yeah, you know, and I would say the most important thing is having money saved, but where you save that money matters, and that's kind of what you're hitting on there. You know, when you're—most people, uh, and this is changing a little bit, but most people that have saved in their 401k over the years, that's all pre-tax money, so— everything that comes out of that account in retirement is going to be taxable. So you like to get to retirement with those different buckets or those different legs of the stool where you have some money that's maybe in a taxable bucket. There's also the tax-free bucket, the Roth bucket. So having money in those different places is critical because... You know, where I I see people get hit, and and what you touched on there was the Medicare Part B premiums. Those are income contingent. A lot of people don't know that. You know, those premiums can go up if you make too much income in a given year. So getting to retirement, having those different tax buckets to where if you have a big expense in retirement, you're now having to pull out of all taxable money, adding to your taxable income, and, you know, potentially affecting your Part B and Part D premiums by doing that.
2: So three-legged, let's go back to that, Social Security private savings that you put aside and then, you know, the 401k plan. Right. Ted, you're, you are mean from a standpoint of the planning aspect, when you talk with clients, how do you deal with that?
5: Well, <clears throat> the first thing I look at is, of course, Social Security, and I want to make sure that people understand what their benefit is. Most people, they get very, very close to, to uh, retirement, and they know they got Social Security, but they really don't have any ideas how much it is. So there's uh, there's records. You can go onto the government website at www.ssa.gov, you can get your get your report down. It'll show your work history. It'll show exactly how much you qualify for at 62 on up to 70. And uh, it's good to know exactly what that number is because there's a lot of people that they have an assumption uh, as to what that is. And sometimes they're not anywhere close to it. And then the other thing would be to know what the options are, because your options actually affect how much those benefits are. I it's knew when you take that it. if
2: I asked him a question, that I would get into that detail, because that's where he's headed. I know, and he's got a one, he's got a one-way mind. You know, mm-hmm. the good part about it is, Ted, you're going to bring so much information. To our listening audience about Social Security and some of the things that we take for granted, but it's that it's a mistake, and I want you to hang on to that because that is so important for what we're going to do in the second part of the hour.
1: Oh yeah, and just to bring up Ted, I wanted to ask you: They used to mail those statements. About your benefits with Social Security, and they apparently they'd stop that right until you turn sixty two or something I like that. I think sixty,
5: but they still 60. do. They still do mail them out.
1: But it's amazing when I meet with clients all the time, especially in the early sixties, and they're looking at retirement. They have no clue what their Social Security benefit is, and I think just going back to spending, you got to know what you are bringing in, and Social Security is one of the bigger assets that people have and it's a revenue stream for them and able to live. But just knowing all of your incomes, you may be fortunate enough to have a pension. That's also another stool that we don't really talk about anymore because pensions are kind of uh, archived, if you will. (laughs) Not a lot of people have them, but Social Security is your only pension essentially for a lot of people.
5: And Social Security is one of those things that you don't decide how much you put in. You know right. the, the government pretty takes it takes it from you uh, when you're when you're 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 paid your wages and. That is something that's automatic. You know, that's different from the 401k where you put money in and you can, you can have a matching component to it and you can choose how much you put in. It's also different when you have a brokerage account, and you're putting money to invest. So this thing is done automatically and then they get to a certain point and they don't even know how much it is. So mm-hmm. it is really important. And I would say you need to be engaged. Uh, certainly when you get into your 30s, your 40s, you need to have a realistic idea of what it can amount to.
2: Well, I think Scott, you talk about this a lot when we go through this process. Is having an idea of what strategy you're working, what's a goal out there? What if you look at the three legs? What's going to be the balance in those three different legs of the stool?
4: Yeah, and I think that comes with uh, what what Michael hit on at first is is what is our target? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And that that's where sitting down and really getting tight on that spending plan. What what are we going to need in retirement? Uh, And and I agree with Michael, you start with that fixed stuff, but don't ignore the other things you're going to want to do as well. So you really have to get realistic about, okay, here's what we're spending today. What do we think we're going to need in retirement? And then you can start to build some goals around that. Like that's our target. That's we're trying to live off 80% 80% of what we're making a day, 90%, 100%, whatever that number is, you know, there's some there's some uh, good rules of thumb out there that say somewhere between 70 and 80% of pre-retirement income, you ought to look at replacing. And that's a good place to start. But for you personally, you really have to dig down and see what that number is. So I
2: think what you're saying, and let me review this before we take a break. You're going to actually review your budget, Michael. You're saying make sure that you're looking at housing, food, health care, clothing, transportation entertainment all those things that go into a budget but we haven't talked about and I'll just mention it, it's controlling debt making sure and we'll you know to understand that get it getting out of debt try your best to retire with little or no debt i think debt plays a role in anybody's strategy i mean they've got to look at it and they've got to understand it so Let's take a break when we do this because I think reality is debt is definitely needs to be off the table or under control so it's not a laboring, you know, the servant becomes the, you know, the the person becomes the servant to the lender. We don't want to do that. That's critical. But when we come back, you talk about creating income stability, Michael, and I think that's critical. So that's what I want to lead with, income stability. If you just tuned in, my guest today, Michael Powell, Scott Jordan, Ted Miner, it's a roundtable discussion, confidence in retirement, and things that you may not know about Social Security. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
3: This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals do not provide specific tax or legal advice and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation.
1: Helping you make the most of your money. Talk money with Jim Shoemaker on News Talk 98.9. neither shoemaker
0: financial nor Securian financial services are affiliated with ross mcgregor or mission of mercy the views and opinions expressed are those of ross mcgregor only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian financial services inc or shoemaker
1: financial helping you make the most of your money it's time for talk
2: money now
1: your host jim shoemaker
2: Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Of course, you're listening to Talk Money. I want to remind you, that if you can find our show, Talk Money, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. We'd like for you to subscribe to the podcast and uh, just, uh, you know, we appreciate you being a part of the program. I've got great guests. See, there's Scott, there's Michael, and here, you know, got Ted in here. So they're all, they're just heavyweights. And I'm extremely pleased to know that we're talking about some things you ought to know when it comes to being confident in retirement. And at the same time, what do you need to know about Social Security? we talked about knowing your budget, controlling debt. And Michael, I want to lean in. When you, when we talk about this idea of creating income stability When you say that, what does that mean when it talks about confidence in retirement?
1: To me, it's kind of a blend between Social Security, what you're controlling. I mean, you know what's coming in from there, from an income. It's stable. As long as you're living, it's going to continue to pay you, right? The other thing is is that we don't necessarily have that benefit for a lot of people now. I mentioned pensions. Those are kind of off the table at this point, unless you've just been fortunate enough to work for a company for a long time, government, et cetera. But you could also continue to work a little bit to get some more income. If you look at your budget, you look at your living expenses, and you don't have enough to come in from Social Security, you're kind of worried about the market pulling money out of your 401k early. Maybe you consider doing a part-time job. Maybe your sp- you and your spouse do some things to keep that income stable while you're letting your investments grow. But I mean, really, it, it comes back to the budget, Jim. It's looking at that, knowing your essential needs, and seeing if you have enough income, at least guaranteed to go off of that.
2: You know, that's such an important part. Ted, when when he says that, creating that income stability, it makes me think, okay, if I'm going to retire early, I take Social Security at 62, or I take it at my normal full retirement age, maybe it's 65 or 66 or whatever it is, or I actually can wait till this, you know, Longer period. I mean, what do you tell people? I mean, it, it's it's a hard discussion, and it's uh, I mean, a lot of people make decisions sometimes inappropriately.
5: Well, you're right, Jim. That 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 sixty-two to seventy makes a difference of seventy-six percent. The difference between what you would whoa, get. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa!
2: Say that again. Was that
4: seventy
2: six? Seventy six. Now explain that. Wow. I mean, you just that went right over the top of ninety percent of the was pay- Well, seventy six percent increase. That's a- if
5: your benefit is a thousand dollars at age sixty two a month, it's seventeen hundred and fifty dollars at age seventy a month. Seventy six percent is the difference between what your benefit would be if you take it at sixty versus seventy, and that does not include cost of living adjustments. And we've just gone through a period of time. Right now, the, the, the Social Security decisions are really high on, on people's lists and articles because of what inflation has done. Right, We have seen the impact in the last two years. People that are taking Social Security, their Social Security has gone up 15% in two years because of inflation. And the the reason that Social Security is so important, there's two real big things that Social Security has that nothing else has. That number one, I say nothing else. Mike was talking. About. There's a lot, a lot of pensions out there. Some pensions, very few, have cost of living adjustments to them. But but most of them do not. But but Social Security does. When you got a Social Security benefits, it's, it's tied to it to an index the also social security is not fully taxed so a dollar of social security is worth a lot more than a dollar from another source because number one it's going up and number two it's not being fully taxed so making that decision is so important and jim you, you you mentioned the crux i mean the biggest problem that any article you read where they're attacking uh, problems with the system, the, the number one problem with, with what is taking place with Social Security is people are taking their wages too early. It's age 62.
2: I've heard you talk about that. I mean, can you explain that. When you say that, I mean, people write that. I mean, you've talked about, you read some article here recently that you were telling me about that this is a, a real issue, even to the point of making, when you call the Social Security Administration office, <laughs> Could I, could I say that? Should I say that? I don't know if I can, should say Well, I mean, I just know that sometimes and people need to understand, and that's what we're here for, is to help guide people in making decisions. But you know, sometimes they're told to take it early. How, how much time we have left <laughs> on the program? There, <laughs> we don't have that much time. Well, i tell you what. Yeah.
5: There's an economist. Uh, well, I know this. He was one of the top 50 economists in the country. Kotlikoff is his, is his name, Lawrence Kotlikoff. And he wrote an article, or he was interviewed in an article. And they, they talked to him, and he came out, and he accused the government of skewing a lot of the information. And I don't think they're doing it purposely. I think you have a lot of clerks that are giving information out that shouldn't be giving information. There was even a, He even talked about a, an article that came out in 2019 where there's over 100,000 widows that's in this article where their benefits are way below what they should be and the accusation is, is that the government is the one that's giving them the advice on when to take their when they when to take their benefits and he is he's in the in the article he's just saying that the government's giving out bad information and there's bad information everywhere it's a lot of people go to friends and they don't understand some of the complications of how these benefits tie into a spouse or how they need to be uh work from a standpoint of your 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 income and your your jobs your the taxation at different times people want to take it early and they're still working and they get taxed on those benefits. They even get some of those benefits pulled back. So there's lots, there's 2,700 rules to the Social Security system and there are benefits. I see Scott over here just itching to say something.
4: No, I mean, what I wanted to weigh in on is is I I think it's easy to attack. I think the people at the Social Security Administration are well-meaning and they're giving what they think is good advice. But I think what you just hit on is the key. This is a complex decision and, and it should be made in light of an overall strategy in retirement, not just this one decision in isolation. And you talk about 2,700 rules, and you and I know we have to study things a lot and and really put a lot of work into learning these systems. And I think, you know, going to the Social Security Administration or anybody, friend or anybody, to get that advice you know, because there's this mentality out there I hear a lot that I'm going to go ahead and get it now because I don't know if it's going to right. be there and mm-hmm. things like that. And, and that may not be the best decision for you personally. So you really have to look at your situation, and especially if you're married, you're in your spouse's situation and see what's the best in light of your overall plan.
1: Let's be honest. Who wants to read something that has twenty seven hundred rules? To it? I mean, <laughs> oh, it, come but, on, but, guys. It, but it's
4: written in such an exciting way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure got, Ted has read all. I'm sure Ted has read every a sleep bit listening of it. to it.
1: But that's what makes it so complicated. When you said twenty seven hundred rules. And not everybody's going to fit that same box. No. But, I mean, there's some people that are going to have to take Social Security early because they have to. Right. They haven't saved enough. They don't have enough resources to take care of things. But you have to be careful, especially if you're going to decide to work still, like Ted was saying, because you could definitely bite yourself bad.
5: Here's one of the things that actually comes up. And I've had this uh, occur with some of my clients that that have gone to the Social Security Administration. They go in there to, to make a choice and and they may even have in their mind when they want to receive their benefit and then a um, a clerk or someone mentions to them well if you want me to when you when you get your check do you want me to back it up six months yeah. i can get you a six month lump sum check and the government would do that if you're past full retirement age and i mean if you ask that question and that's all you're told well everybody's right. going to who wouldn't say yes to that but <laughs> they're, like they're, to they're not told what the consequences are When you take that six-month lump sum check, they back your benefits up as if you were taking it six months ago. So your benefit is then reduced by about 4% for the rest of your life. Right, and and it can also have tax implications by taking that six months of income at one time. It can also affect uh, survivor benefits or spousal benefits with for your for your spouse. And if you've got if you've got issues with uh, with health care in your in your family and you need that large survivor check, it can it can affect that quite a bit. So there's lots of implications there. But yeah, I I agree with you, Scott. That a lot of times someone says, "Hey, would you like to have a lump sum check?" They're right. they're just trying to help somebody else because that's a that's an immediate. Grat- and they're looking at that six-month yeah. check, and they think, wow, to get that, that would be wonderful. But they don't understand how that affects things down the road.
2: Well, the bottom line is we talk about debt a while ago. And getting out of debt, you're going to get a lump sum check. You had not been able to save the money. You get the lump sum check. You pay the debt off. It sounds like you've done a good job, except that we don't understand that that's a long-term decision that can affect you for the rest of your life. That's a critical way. If you just tuned in, I have the privilege of sitting around the table today Talking with Michael Powell, Scott Jordan, and Ted Minor. We're talking about building confidence or having confidence in retirement and things that you don't know about Social Security. And we're covering some very good subjects. And I hope you enjoyed this. If you missed the program or any part of the program, just remind you that you can find our program, Talk Money, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Just simply go to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And uh, subscribe to the podcast. We would appreciate it. Tell others about the podcast. Tell others about the program. Of course, we are here every Saturday morning, as we are. And on Sundays, uh, it's a repeated program at that point. So thank you so much for listening. I guess, guys, and I'm uh, uh, going back to you, Michael, you've talked about calculating the actual cost, making a budget, That is so hard for some people, but you're saying that's critical. Controlling debt, getting out of debt, create income stability. And I like that was, that's Social Security, that's retirement money, that's 401k money, that's the saving money stuff, Scott, that you talked about earlier. But building savings, I mean, Mm -hmm. that is foreign to a lot of people when they think about at retirement. Why would you say preparing for retirement is also a part about
1: saving money? Oh, yeah, because I mean, it's becoming more and more of a critical piece to save more for retirement. You got if you just have your 401k and you're just getting the match and putting enough just to get that. A lot of times that's not enough, especially if you do have higher income needs, more aspirations to do more in retirement. It's really hard to do that just by living off your Social Security check, which most people can't. But I think one thing, too, is that um, as you continue to save, you also need kind of like what Scott was talking about earlier. You want to have money in different buckets. I want to have money in cash savings just for emergencies, because if I get into a real bad bind in retirement and I don't have enough just in my emergency fund, my checking and savings account, I'm going to have to pull that out a big chunk out of my retirement. And that could greatly impact. What happens now plus what happens later down the road if you're still living?
2: You know, when you think through that, and I guess I'm, I'm trying to put myself in that situation where you're trying to plan. You, you talk about saving, you know, and saving money And I'm on a, let's just be real, fixed income mm-hmm. for a lot of people is not easy to do. So, I guess you know, Ted, I'm kind of asking you this question if I can delay that retirement and get that increase. So say full retirement 66 how much income how far do I need to you know not have Social Security? I know it goes out to 70 and I'm getting a eight percent increase every year. That's actually helping me have the additional dollars if I can do that.
5: Yes, in this article, Jim is interesting. I don't know how they calculated it. But they calculated the average benefit lost over the course of those eight years, actually a, a lifetime benefit, was $186,000. Now
2: that's at, that at from age 62 to 70. The 70. If okay. you choose it
5: at 62 versus 70, over the course of your life, you would lose the average of $186,000. Wow. And, and that's and, that and,
2: article you were talking about, uh, what's his same, name? Same,
5: Kotlikoff. Kotlikoff, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. And, uh, and they said, he said that basically you're cutting your income, the Social Security income, over the course of your life there. And if you take it at 62, your life is probably anywhere from 25 to 30 years. I mean, mm-hmm. today, and this is one of the big things that comes into retirement we haven't talked about, but it's huge, is that when we think of retirement today, we no longer think of seven years. I mean, retirement today is, is 20, 25 years. 30 so in some cases. 30, that's yeah. right. So, And, and that is that is another thing that has hugely impacted the Social Security, uh, because uh, it was never designed to pay. Pay money out over the length of time that it's paying money out today, but uh, that's a significant amount of money that people are giving up there.
2: All right, let me ask this question. and It goes back to all three of you, and I, you know it doesn't make any difference. But but the point being is, I, I, I'm thinking. All right, I'm trying to I'm trying to decide how much money I need. What kind of replacement, Michael, should I have? Or it doesn't make any difference. Ted, either one, Scott. If I if I'm going to retire and I'm making a dollar. Uh, You know, Social Security is going to replace somewhere between 30 percent, 30, 40 percent, maybe. Am I what's the next number I need to be shooting for as far as replacement that I need to say in my strategic plan for retirement? How much money do I need to be able to say I've replaced X?
1: I would say 60 percent. At a minimum. Okay, a minimum. I mean, some people say, hey, look, I'm not going to do a whole lot in retirement. I'm just going to sit on my porch, watch the cars drive by. That some, doesn't sound like my kind of retirement. Eat some ramen noodles. So I'm going higher than 60% ramen <laughs> yeah. yeah. know. I was, it's it's going to be, I hate the, it's the lawyer answer. It depends. It depends. Because it really does depend on who you are, what your lifestyle is like, what you're accommodated to already and used to. Because, I mean, if you've been living off $150,000 income, joint income between you and your spouse it's gonna be really hard to bump that down to fifty thousand dollars yeah that's a good you know what point? I mean and, yeah.
4: and really not going to happen well, and that's that's, that's no. the yeah, and it do, I, like, I like Michael's answer it depends because it you it know does depend. I, like I said earlier <laughs> you know somewhere if if I'm talking to a younger person I might say let's shoot for replacing 70 80 percent of your income now we adjust that for inflation but if I'm talking to somebody who's right there on the cusp of retirement, it's no longer really a percentage replacement. It's like, let's look at that budget. Let's see what you're going to need because it is different. Let's say for a very high income earner, they may be able to get by with a lot less income or, or may not be spending as much as they've been making. But if, if you've been close to spending what you've been making, then you can bet you're going to need about that much in retirement because- You're going to think about it. Do you spend more money on Saturday or or money through Friday when you're going to work every day? Mm. Most of us, you know, when we're out trying to do things and and enjoy life, we're going to spend a little more money that way. And especially those early years of retirement, we see people wanting to go and do a lot. And usually your expenses may even bump up a little.
2: Well, you were talking, you guys were saying, okay, mortality table sticks it out 20, 30 years from the time of retirement. So, you know, we're talking about someone living to 90. Let's just use that number. And then you said literally those that are younger, you may say strategically you're working through a, you know, some kind of an idea. Of what you've got as a target number. Seventy percent of that person's income at retirement is what you're trying to replace. Does that sound right? Se-
4: Seventy to eighty. Yeah.
2: Seventy to 70, 80%. eighty percent.
5: Now, you know, Jim, let me just say, you know, if you've got a person making one hundred thousand dollars. And they're given twenty seven thousand dollars, which is the max that they can put into 27.5, I think this year, into their four hundred one k. They're paying about eight grand, nine grand into Social Security. That's thirty five thousand dollars right there that they're not going to be paying when they retire. Right. That's right. already thirty five percent of the hundred thousand dollars they're making that is no longer an expense at all in retirement. So, you know, it really does get into. I mean, we're we're trying to kick a number around, but mm-hmm. really it gets into this this uh, exploratory thing that Michael's been talking about. Setting sitting down, doing a budget, seeing what your goals are, seeing what type of lifestyle you want. You mentioned, you mentioned a house. You want to have your mortgage paid off, where if you're paying, you're paying $1,500 a month, that's $18,000 a year you're not going to be paying into retirement. So there's lots of study that you need to do in for your own personal uh, expenses and where you are financially, what money you're putting away, how much your income you're putting away. And I think I said last time, it can be as low as 50%. A person that's making a lot of money they, they may not have to, uh, you know, the money that they're, that they're making today, they might not know nearly that money. Yet and still, they may have a pretty good income in retirement because they've made so much money in the past. I know I've had, I've had some people that when they come and they tell me how much they, they want, they give me a figure. And I say, how do you come up with that figure? Well, that just sounds like a good number. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, some of these people that are making really good money, and I say, that number would not work for you today. And they say, well, how do you know? I said I just know how much you make. Right. And I know how much you've saved. Yeah. And it, the rest of it's going somewhere.
2: And and a so, lot of times they don't even realize that it's going somewhere. It's exactly that's right. Yep. that's and exactly right. That's exactly right. We see a lot of that. And I guess, Michael, do you have to, do, when you're working with someone, there's that thought when you go through this way of being confident in retirement, you talked about calculating the cost and controlling debt, creating an income stability. That's mm-hmm. so important. And, of course, starting some savings plan, but you've actually mentioned before when we've talked about this sometimes, and I guess we're kind of all talking about this a little bit, continuing to work, maybe not in your profession, you've retired, but finding something that will keep you not only mentally alert, mm-hmm. but something that brings in extra dollars.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I was meeting with a couple earlier last week and, you know, he's he's tired of working at his job, but he could see himself going to Lowe's and working there, you know, part-time 20 hours a week or something like right. that. Because, I mean, you're clearing up 45 to 50 hours a week of your schedule, maybe even more if you count your commute to work. I mean, gosh, I drive 30 minutes to yeah, work. No back. That's a lot of time that yeah. you end up freeing up, and you're either going to find time to do things that you're going to enjoy, but you can only play golf so much, right? Right. So, I mean, there's there. you just have to sit there and figure out, What are you passionate about? I mean, do you want to volunteer or do you want to do some type of any part time income? And that can help alleviate some of the stress, especially if you're going to retire before your full retirement age, like 67, and you want to retire at 65. I got Medicare. My health costs are okay, but I really want to wait on Social Security a little bit longer. How am I supposed to do that? I don't want to pull money out of my 401k because the market's down, and I'd ideally let that want that to grow a little bit more. And and part-time income can do that. But that's not, that's easier said than done, obviously.
2: Well, obviously that's so important to do. I mean, it literally, it just helps augment your income. It gives you something there to play with and gives you some extra. And again, we like to encourage people to find a new passion. Maybe it's a ministry mm-hmm. that you can work in. Maybe it's something that you you know, I know a guy that retired in umpired softball games, baseball games, you know, refereed basketball. That was his passion. He was an athlete. He didn't have time when he was working. Boy, when he retired, shoot, man, he was working all the time. Well, if he didn't that. have gray hair, then he definitely has he it, got now. it now. I've Absolutely. done umpire, no hair. hair.
5: Absolutely, he might not have any hair. That's true. Well, that's,
2: well never mind. I can. I can that's re- why this is radio, guys. Jim, I can. I
5: can remember. I can remember sitting down with a client, and we were going through a formal, a formal plan, uh, and we were. Uh, when I looked at it, he wanted to retire. And I told him, I said, really, we need about another $200,000 to feel comfortable with where you are. And I said, uh, you know, if you work two more years, his income is a little over $100,000. I said, you work two more years, I think we can have retirement funded comfortably. I said, if you wanna to retire today and you wanna pick up a a part-time job, make $25,000 a year for eight years, then we can, we can make that work with the numbers. I said, which would you rather do? And he looked at me, he says, if I work two more years, I will be dead. (laughs) That solves all the problems. That's right. (laughs) So you're telling me you would rather work eight years at a party? Yeah, I would rather get a a delivery service or something and make $25,000 a year for eight years. And he made
2: that choice. That's good. And so. Well, I got to do this, guys. I've got Max in here. Now, we've been talking and everybody's thinking Social Security. And we've talked about strategically planning. But uh, he doesn't even know. I've just pushed the microphone over there to him. So, Max, what do you think from your take as a young person, I'm About under forty, under thirty. What do you see from retirement at your age? I would probably, I would kind of have to think about
0: balancing. Like I'm a, since my company allows a 401k, I have to kind of think realistically between feeding too much into a 401k. I'm a. At, well, I'm a, to the detriment of my living expenses, and so I feel like as I get older, though, and once I've kind of established a little bit of a nest egg, I can increase the my contribution rate in my four hundred one k. But at the same time, I feel like you, I'm a, in order to like get, I'm a in order to invest for the future, you kind of have to think ahead by like planning being smart in the present moment with your, um, uh, with the way that you spend your money. Boy,
2: that's, what do you think of that question? That well answer?
4: said, well said. I mean, yeah. you know, it was right on for someone that age. What did he say that was so critical? Well, I think, I think, and we talk with people about this a lot. It's always about creating that balance, right? You know, you can go all the way one way or another where you're trying to save every penny and that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you want to balance your lifestyle. You always say, you know, is lifestyle today going to win or is lifestyle in the future going to win? And ideally there'd be some kind tie there where you can still enjoy life and live, but you're also planning for the future and thinking ahead. And planning for the
2: future and thinking ahead, but being a balanced lifestyle. Excellent, mm-hmm. guys. Well, what a great roundtable discussion. My guests have been, of course, you know, Ted Miner, Scott Jordan, and Michael Powell. We've gone through the whole process of literally thinking about what you need to know when it comes to having confidence in retirement and Thinking about Social Security and all those things you need to know about that. Thanks, guys. appreciate it very much.
1: Well, yeah, thanks, Jim.
2: Great to be, to be here. here, Jim. Also, I want to thank Ross McGregor. He's with, of course, Mission of Mercy. And you can reach Ross at 347-5548. And, uh, of course, Ted Scott and uh, Michael. And I got to say thank you to Max. Thank you, sir, for joining in with us today. Thank you. Next week, my guest, Rusty Leonard, Stewardship Partners. He'll talk about an economic update for us. Jason Harrington, Investment Pitfalls. And Scott's back. with talking about Fundamentals of Investing. And that's Saturday morning at 7 a.m. and Sunday again at 9 a.m. I want to thank my producer, Maximilian, guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner, production and marketing assistant, Lauren Norsworthy, and compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong, and Kimberly Holtis. Thanks for listening. We're here every week, each and every week, helping you make the most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This
0: is Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker, Michael Powell, Ted Minor, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Security Stealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated
1: helping you make the most of your money. This has been Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker on News Talk 98.9.